Thank you. Uh, this is application 1104-19, Provco Pinewood Newtown LLC, who is the owner and challenger. Are, this is a substantive validity challenge to certain sections of the Newtown Township Joint Municipal Zoning Ordinance of 2007 as amended. The challenger specifically challenges the validity of section 803.E-30.3 related to the permitted number and required arrangement of fuel dispensers for a motor vehicle fueling and convenience store use. Section 1103.C.4 related to the permitted location of signs along the limited access portion of the Route 332 bypass. And Section 1101A related to the definition of an electronic message center. The subject property is located at the southwest corner of the Newtown Bypass and Upper Silver Lake Road, Newtown, Pennsylvania, in the OR Office Research District, being further known as Tax Map Parcel 29-010-042. Before we begin, uh, we have some exhibits uh, that we are going to mark. Um, exhibit one is the 2019 application and exhibits. Exhibit two is the 2022 amended application and exhibits, addendum and letter to the zoning hearing board requesting a hearing prior to February 28, 2023. Exhibit three is a copy of the notice. Exhibit four is the proof of publication which occurred on January 13th, 2023 and January 20th, 2023. Exhibit five is the uh, proof of posting. Uh, exhibit six is a copy of the mailed notice and list of neighboring property owners who received notice. Exhibit seven are email responses from Dave Sander and John Van Lumine on behalf of their clients indicating that they do not object to having a four-member board this evening with the understanding that Mr. Bill Wall, who is not present this evening, will read tonight's transcript prior to the next hearing. Um, unless some miracle occurs and we finish tonight, which I don't think anyone thinks is going to happen, the next hearing will be on Monday, uh, March 6, 2023, at 7 p.m. Uh, in this room. For those who are in attendance this evening, uh, there will be no uh, public comment uh, during uh, tonight's hearing. Uh, public comment will occur at the end of uh, testimony uh, from both the applicant and from uh, the township. At this time, if there is anyone who is seeking a party status uh, in this matter, we would ask that you uh, come forward um, and we will discuss whether or not you will going to be granted party status. Again, party status is, has nothing to do with making public comment. All members of the public will be able to make public comment at the conclusion uh, of the testimony in this matter. Uh, party status means you will actually be participating as a party. You will be cross-examining witnesses. You will be presenting uh, testimony uh, on uh, your own. Is there anyone in the audience this evening who um, uh, is seeking party status? 
Peter Nelson on behalf of Upper Mayfield Township. Mr. Van Lumine and or uh, Mr. Sander, do you want to be heard on the issue of whether or not granting Upper Mayfield Township party status in this matter? Upper Mayfield zoning ordinance, so I don't see any basis for it, which I couldn't get. I was hoping that I would Thank you, Mr. Buck. No, no, obviously no. I like Mr. Nelson. Uh, Mr. Nelson, if you would uh, like, there seems to be an open table, uh, an open seat. Looks like they anticipated that you were going to be showing up this evening. So, Mr. Van Lubenang, Mr. Sander, and Mr. Nelson, do any of you wish to make very brief opening remarks before we? Exhibit A of 11 
was a copy of this board's decision in appeal number 1138-21, which dealt with some similar issues that are raised in this case. But again, it's here, so we're going to have to go back and find it if you didn't bring it with you tonight, if there's a reference to it, or if you want to go back and see what was done in the prior case. That case, as you all know, is on appeal right now. But I think because the issues are similar, I believe that it should be reviewed. And you can always take additional notice of your own decision. All right, with that, I'd like to call my first witness, Jason Kulczak. Mr. Amunay, in the earlier proceeding, did Mr. Kulczak testify? He did. And he was admitted as an expert by this board? He was admitted as an expert in civil engineering. But Mr. Sander and Mr. Nelson, I think you can agree we don't need to go through his qualifications to be admitted. Mr. Nelson wasn't here, so he may have some questions. And I thought, it's not going to take me very long, but if you don't mind, I'd just as soon go through it very quickly. And then David can either cross examine if he has any questions. You're right, the witnesses, my witnesses are duplicates tonight of the witnesses that you heard in the prior proceeding. But again, I would make sure it wasn't part of it, so I may have to go through qualifications briefly. All right, good. I understand that you want it as part of the record. I think that makes sense. But I also think we can agree that there's not going to be extensive cross-examination of these witnesses since they've already been accepted by the board as experts in the field. Although they will, it's an acceptance proceeding, so he will need to be sworn. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Just keep your voices up for me. I was just going to say that, Jason. You heard the admonition that we all have to talk about. Mr. Nelson's all the way down at the end of the room there, and he's blocked by two other people, so we're going to have to really keep up. Unless Peter wants to put his chair here in the middle where he can hear me. No, thank you. Jason, by whom are you employed? Bowler Engineering. In what capacity? I'm a civil engineer. And are you a registered professional engineer in Pennsylvania? Yes, I am. And in New Jersey? Yes. What are your job responsibilities or your job description at Bowler? Responsibilities include overall site design and calculations for projects I'm working on, as well as any permitting that would be required for the site. And what is your educational background? I have a Bachelor's of Science degree from the State University of New York at Buffalo. And have you been, how many years have you been employed by Bowler? Twenty-one. Class 10. And has that been your entire professional career? Yes. And have you and Bowler been involved in civil engineering and design of the Wawa project in which this terminal field arises? Yes. And how many Wawa projects have you personally been involved with as project manager? As project manager, I would say I've been involved six to eight. My entire career I've worked on Wawa projects from design engineer up, and I would say I've worked on over 20 Wawa projects. And you worked on projects other than Wawa projects, is that correct? Yes. Okay. 
And you previously been accepted as an expert in civil engineering by municipal bodies, including zoning hearing boards, other than this board? Yes. And you did provide a testimony before this board in the hearings that took place on the uh, 2021 case that was appeal number 113821 before this board. Is that correct? Yes. And as Mr. Clark indicated, as we agreed, you were accepted as an expert in that hearing, correct? Correct. And behind tab three, we exhibit booklet, one to exhibit A3, is a copy of your professional resume. Yes, it is. Including your licensure and your educational background, the general description of your work responsibilities. Correct. Again, I'm offering Mr. Korzak as expert in civil engineering. Mr. Nelson, do you have any questions for Mr. Korzak? Mr. Korzak, have you uh, ever represented any anything on the municipal side of things? No, I haven't. Okay. And uh, have you done primarily commercial work or commercial and residential? Commercial and residential. Thank you. No objections. Uh, Mr. Korzak will be admitted as an expert in civil engineering. Korzak, prior to the purchase of the subject property, was Polder engaged by Rodco uh, to assist in the evaluation of the property located currently within the law in Utah Bypass? Yes. That is the subject of this property. Yes. The property this appeal. Did you prepare plans for uh, that project? Yes, I did. Take a look, please, at the exhibit A4 behind tab 4 and identify that exhibit for the record. Yes, that is the survey prepared by Control Point Associates. Uh, this survey was utilized as the base for our zoning plans and uh, future land development plans. And would you again just briefly, by the way, if the board or either municipality would like full size copies of these reduced plans, we'll be more than happy to provide. So just let me know tonight or by email after tonight's hearing, and I'll be happy to send full size copies. Mr. Korzak, can you describe generally the topography of the property? Sure. Um, let's start with Newtown Bypass. It's going to be along the top of the page. Uh, you can see the steep embankment that exists today. That embankment is approximately 10 feet above the bypass. The highest point in elevation on the property would be what I'll call the northern or northeastern corner of the property, right at the intersection of the bypass. And Lower Silver Lake Road, which runs along the northeast to south side of the property, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, fall and, and elevation from the property. Once again, that northern corner at the intersection is the highest. The lowest would be the southern southern corner, furthest down on North Silver Lake Road. But generally speaking, is it fair to say the property slopes from north to south? That's correct. And I think it's evident from the uh, survey, but this property has a somewhat irregular shape. Would you agree? I would agree. What is the boundary property on the west side? Along the west side, uh, the adjacent property is a uh, property owned by Pico. Is there any direct access to this property from the bypass? No. 
is any portion of the property located within a thousand feet of the bypass right of Yes, the entire property. In other words, no property is located within a thousand feet, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Are you familiar with the adjacent uses? Can I, I'm a little confused by that. Nope. All right. Let me rephrase yeah, the question. Can you, can you right. please? Mr. Korzak, is any portion of this property located within a thousand or outside of a thousand? No, strike that. Is the entire property located within 1,000 feet of the Newtown Bypass Roadway? Yes, it is. Okay. For the record, I'll withdraw the two prior questions and we'll live with the third one. All right. Are you familiar with the adjacent uses? Yes, I am. And what are they? Okay, on the opposite side of Lower Silver Lake Road is the Crossing Community Church. Uh, we talked about along the western property line that there is a people property that has over, overhead high transmission lines that run through the property. On the opposite side of Newtown Bypass, there is a office commons, which I believe also has a uh, fitness, fitness facility. And what is the zoning of the subject property? Office research, or do you, do you know what the zoning is? The property across the street or no? I don't know. If you don't, that's fine. Zoning map speaks for itself. So. Do, do you know? I'm not sure. Right. What is the size of this, of this property? Uh, the size of the property is 4.95 acres. Proctor's proposed use of this property is as a UC 30 motor vehicle fuel and convenience store. Is that correct? Yes. Based on your review of the Georgia School Zoning Ordinance, is that UC 30 the only use other than single family detached dwelling that can be developed on property in the OR district having a lot size of less than 15 acres without obtaining variance from the minimum lot size requirements? Yes. Uh, it is possible that a public utility operating facility could also be provided on a property smaller than 15 acres, but that is not specified in the ordinance. In other words, there's no minimum lot size specified for utilities. Is that correct? That's correct. Could you turn to exhibit A5 behind tab 5 and identify this exhibit for the record, please? Yes, that is the rendering of the zoning plan that we submitted for this application. And this, was this also, by coincidence, the same plan that was submitted to the Zone Hearing Board in the application that we've identified previously in which a decision was attached as Exhibit A11 was rendered? Yes, it was. How many fuel dispensers are shown on this plan? There's a total of eight fuel dispensers shown on this plan. Uh, the plan does show a couple areas of the gasoline canopy. The gasoline canopy would be located between the Wawa Convenience Store and Newtown Bypass. Uh, basically, the E30 ordinance would require a canopy of 3,000 square feet. That would cover about four, four pumps. Uh, a canopy that could cover six pumps could be, could be approved uh, by the Board of Supervisors. You say pumps, you mean dispensers, correct? Fuel dispensers, yes. And then the area that's outlined in green would represent the uh, canopy that would be required uh, to cover all eight pumps shown. 
Now, as you review the zoning ordinance, are six dispensers permitted on this property as a matter of right? Yes, they are. What is the minimum lot size required for the use A30? A30 will be four, four acres. Okay. You said this property is 4.95, correct? That's correct. From an engineering standpoint, Mr. Korczak, is there any reason why a seven or eight fuel dispenser could not be placed on the site? There isn't. In fact, you've shown that on the plan, haven't you? That's correct. With the horizontal layout of the plan, we'll start that. Did you also prepare and submit land development plans? Did you prepare and did Cropco submit land development plans to the Utah Township Board of Supervisors for review? Yes. Were those plans or was the basic layout of the site the same on that plan? Yes, it was. How many fuel dispensers were shown on the plan that you submitted for approval? There were six fuel dispensers on that plan. So the site plan, the layout, the site, the proposed convenience store, traffic circulation did not change between the six and the eight or would not change between six and eight fuel dispensers? That's correct. The only difference would be the seventh and eighth fuel dispenser would be closer to the western property line and the drive aisle would move over to accommodate those additional fuel dispensers. You testified that you worked on approximately 20 other wildlife project sites. Were those sites, have you ever worked on a tract of land that was larger than this tract? Not that I recall. This is the largest tract of land for a wildlife project I've worked on that wasn't part of an overall shopping center development. In other words, a multi-use project? A multi-use project, yes. Has Cropco and has Wildlife previously developed sites that are smaller than the subject property for Wildlife convenience stores with fuel? Yes. And have you had smaller sites with eight fuel dispensers? Yes. At the 2021 hearings before the Zoning Hearing Board, Cropco requested an interpretation by the Zoning Hearing Board of the provisions of the Zoning Ordinance of JMZO that prohibits any sign facing the bypass that is located within 1,000 feet of the right-of-way of the bypass. You're aware that that variance was denied by the Board? Yes. Now, does this plan, I know it's a small one, but do you show the location of the two signs that were the subject in the hearing before the Board in 2021? Yes. Okay. Let's concentrate on the one that's nearest the bypass. First of all, there's an entrance on Lower Silver Lake Road that is, I'll call it on the lower part of the property, the main entrance to the site, correct? Correct. There's a sign proposed there, is there not? Yes. And did you testify previously that that sign is not going to be visible from the bypass? Yes, I did. I compared line-of-sight elevations profiles that confirmed that. All right. With respect to the sign that you show up closer to the bypass or outside the right-of-way, what is that location that you're showing there? Where is it located in relation to the right-of-way? In relation to the right-of-way, it is approximately 10 feet off, right at the northern corner. It is a dimension of, I believe it's approximately 50 feet from the actual carway of Newtown Bypass. Have you reviewed the locational criteria for signage in the JMZO in this zoning district for freestanding signs? Yes. Do you have a professional opinion as to whether 
with the exception of the prohibition signs within a thousand feet of bypass of the bypass that are visible from the bypass, could this freestanding should a freestanding sign be erected at the location that you just testified to outside the illegal regulated bypass in compliance with the locational criteria that apply to freestanding signs in the OR district? Yes. And what is your opinion? My opinion is that although the signage is relatively small, it could be made so that it complies with the height, the maximum height of the freestanding sign, which is five feet in height, as well as the area, which given the setback from the Newtown Bypass Carway as well as the Lower Silver Lake Road Carway, uh, could be 16 square feet. I believe at the last hearing, at the 2021 hearing before the board, you also uh, introduced uh, the sign, what I'll call the scrolling sign module that Wildwell is proposing as an alternative to a, uh, an LED sign or what we typically would think of as an LED price sign, right? Is that correct? Right. Behind tab is six, mark this exhibit A6, I have a two page exhibit. Have you reviewed that exhibit? Yes. Right. And do you recognize this as a, first of all, a letter that we received from the manufacturer of the scrolling sign module explaining how the sign works and then a picture of the, this was an exhibit that we introduced the last year and also, correct? Yes. Are you aware of how the sign panels, the translucent panels that have the numbers on them will be eliminated? Yes. And how will they be eliminated? The sign is internally illuminated to the backlit so that light would, would shine through the uh, mylar letters or numbers, whatever the sign is displayed. Now, have you reviewed section 1103D1 of the Shoring Municipal Zoning Ordinance? Yes. That sign does that uh, section generally permit signs to be directly illuminated? Yes. The ordinance defines direct illumination as illumination of a sign designed to give forth artificial light directly through transparent or translucent materials from the source of light within such sign. In your professional opinion, is the scrolling sign module that was proposed and is being proposed a sign that is directly illuminated in a manner consistent with section 1103 d Yes. So in your opinion, do you have an opinion, Mr. Korzak, as to whether if this sign had not been classified or is not been not was not classified as an electronic message center, would it, in your opinion, meet all the other requirements of the Joint Municipal Zoning Ordinance? Yes. That concludes my direct examination, Mr. Korzak. Thank you, Mr. Clark. <clears throat> Mr. Korzak, um, are you familiar with um, other Wawa convenience store slash gas station uh, locations throughout Bucks County? Yes, I am. Um, would it surprise you that there are approximately 21 facilities in Bucks County that have uh, both convenience stores and gas stations? It wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> Do you know how many of those have uh, more than six 
gasoline pumps? Well, get to the relevance of how many. It's a question of whether or not the ordinance is arbitrary and reasonable and capricious. Um, you're going to overrule the objection. You can answer that question. Um, the number, I can only speak for the wildlife that I've worked on. I did work on one in, in Salem Township, which had eight pumps. Eight pumps in Ben Salem? Yes. And that was, that was at 3620 Street Road? Yeah, it's on the corner of Street Road and Kingston Way. Do we agree with you, gentlemen? We're talking about pumps. We're talking about dispensers. Dispensers, correct. Um, are you aware that there are, out of the 21 facilities in Bucks County, 17 of them have six gasoline dispensers? Actually, again, I'm saying that overall we could. I'm not aware, but I guess I am not. And <clears throat> do you have any um, knowledge regarding whether those Wawa, uh, Wawa's with gas dispensers are successful with six gas dispensers are successful objectives. Yeah, I'm just asking uh, if he knows. We're going to sustain that objection. I think this is outside of, I, first of all, I, I'm not sure what we mean by successful, but I'm also not sure. Are, are they operating or not closing them down? But, but this, I'm not sure if that's what in this witness's area of expertise. So we'll sustain that objection. I think this would probably agree with you. <laughs> Um, and that there's at least um, one Wawa in Bucks County that has six gasoline dispensers uh, on a property uh, more than five acres, almost six acres in Bristol. <coughs> you should be aware of that. Objection again. Um, we'll overrule that objection if, if you know, Mr. Corsair. No, I don't recall. Okay. <coughs> When you prepared the plan depicting uh, a sign at the main entrance to the Wawa, which is located um, as far south, it's the, it's the southerly most entrance off of Lowell's Overlake Road. Um, when you prepared a monument sign for uh, that entrance, um, did that sign face onto the bypass? First of all, I don't believe it's been established. Mr. Korzak designed the sign. Maybe testify to the location of the two signs. I'll agree to amend the question to deal with the location of the sign. Did that sign face onto the bypass? At the main entrance? All the way, all the way down south at the main entrance to the, not the right end only, the main entrance with the full turning movement. Yeah, on yeah. exhibit A5. Yeah, in my opinion, my opinion, that sign does not face the body. Does not face onto the body. So that uh, while it would be able to uh, install a sign there um, with gasoline prices. Yes. Correct. Uh, with the name Wawa and the corporate logo. Yes. <clears throat> and how about the facade of the Wawa convenience store building itself? that faces so lower silver lake road that faces south um would wawa be able to put a sign on that facade 
uh, noting the name of the company and its corporate logo uh, that would not face onto the bypass? Yeah. So you'll agree with me that there is signage permitted on this property, even though the entire property is located within a thousand feet of the bypass, that would not be violative of section 1103C4 of the zoning ordinance. Yes. <clears throat> And you will agree with me, Mr. Korzak, that at the prior hearing at which you testified, uh, the Zoning Hearing Board determined that the proposed scrolling sign was, in fact, an electronic message center. Okay, for the question, but I can stipulate that that's what the board has found. I mean, the decision speaks for itself again, but I think it's right. right. That's, well, yeah. <laughs> If the witness should answer if he knows, if the stipulation aside, I agree with Mr. Van Luminate, the board can take notice of its prior decision in this matter, but since we have a question for the witness, he should answer if he knows. I disagree with the stipulation. That's a book by Tuesday. Understood, but, I think, we'll, but I, think, I think we're gonna get to a point where this board knows what they ruled on in the, in the earlier hearing. I don't think we have to stipulate anything because I think that this board knows what they ruled in, in the prior hearing. Again, Mr. Korzak, if you know the answer to the question, you can answer it. If you First don't, of all, I don't think it's been established in the decision. <laughs> Mr. Korzak, do you know the answer to the question? <laughs> I asked him if he was aware that this was a report in its prior. Are you aware of the, that decision? Yes. And again, Mr. Clark and zoning board members, I'm asking the question because Mr. Van Luvenet opened up the uh, the can of uh, whether it was internally illuminated, it was backlit, it was, uh, if it wasn't an electronic message center, it would comply. But this board has ruled that it is one, and I wanted to ask Mr. Korzak if he was aware of that. Okay. Um, I have nothing further for Mr. Korzak, thank you. Mr. Nelson? Yes, good evening, Mr. Korzak. Mm -hmm. um, you testified uh, earlier in, uh, in response to a question from Mr. Van Luminae that uh, there was no engineering reason why you couldn't put eight dispensers on this uh, site, is that correct? That's correct. But isn't that also correct with a lot of projects? Why you can't put a higher density, be it dispensers or houses or offices? Many times it's just a legal requirement. Well, I object to the one last question. Unless you're saying that eight, eight dispensers is more dense, is that what you're suggesting? He, this well, man, this man has- there, There's a question, there's an objection. Uh, we'll overrule the objection. Uh, Mr. Gordon, can you answer the question? This site meets the site design requirements, all criteria of the OR office research for the E30Us. It would not cause um, us to exceed impervious cover. There's no reason that I perceive, like I said, that eight pumps from an engineer. Eight, I'm sorry, eight dispensers could not be permitted on this site. That's not the question I asked. The question I asked her is, in your experience, have you had other projects where 
you weren't allowed to build as much as you could build due to some limitation in the zoning ordinance, be it a density limitation, uh, limitation on the, on the number of pumps, a limitation on the number of parking spaces. Is it always an engineering determination that limits how much you build on a site, in other words? object to the question unless it's limited to having ever had a project where the number of dispensers was limited by the zone. No, that is my question, John. No, Mr. Van Okay, please. Um, Mr. Corza, can you answer the question? Uh, specific to dispensers, no. I can't think of a project I've worked on that uh, was singled out or limited to the number of spaces based on the size of the site. Once again, that's not the question I asked. That's the question Mr. Van Buren asked. The question I'm asking is, sir, have you had projects where you were forced to limit the amount of structures or buildings you were constructing on that site due to a zoning restriction rather than an engineering restriction? Yes. Thank you. Um, Ms. Van Leeuwen, also asked you, and I just, since I was not at the prior hearing, um, he, he said that the applicant had requested an interpretation uh, regarding whether the proposed signs were violating the restriction against signs facing the bypass within a thousand feet of the bypass. Was that a variance request or was that an interpretation request? Did you know? Do you know what the zoning hearing board decision stated in response to each of those requests? I'm not objecting yet. The decision does speak for itself. I'm just asking if he knows. Objection to the board. You know. I believe my testimony, and I and I continue today, that the monument sign outside or by the bypass, yes, it would be visible. But it does not face the bypass. I, I, I'm asking, sir, do you know what the zoning hearing board decided? What, not what you testified to, what, but what they decided in the prior decision as to this particular question. I, I don't know, but there, I know the variance is not was denied. Okay. Do you know if they actually issued a decision on the interpretation question? I don't know. Thank you. Now, you just uh, testified um, that the sign, the proposed sign near the main entrance, the full access entrance, as well as the wall sign uh, facing south towards Silver Lake Road, uh, since they're neither is facing the bypass, both are allowed under the zoning ordinance. Is that a correct, sir? Yes. Are there any other signs that you're, or any other signage that you're aware of that the zoning outwardness would allow on this site? No. No, no, it, um, there, no other signs, or no, you're not aware of any other signs? No other signs. Okay, so you, you, you're testifying that the only two signs that could be allowed on this site are that particular wall sign and that particular line sign. They were not facing the bypass. Correct? Because they're not facing the bypass.
Mr. Sander, any follow-up questions based on questions from uh, Mr. Nelson? <clears throat> One quick uh, follow-up, uh, Mr. Clark, thank you. Um, this is based on the last question that Mr. Nelson asked. Um, Mr. Korzak, did you examine the plan marked as Exhibit A5 and determine whether there were any other locations on the property that you could erect a sign identifying the property um, or information about the property? Yes. You did. Um, did you, um, where the road bends at the corner of the parking lot, did you check that location right there to see uh, if you could put a sign, um, a, some kind of Wawa identification sign that would not face onto the bypass? At that corner there, um, I would say that that would be facing the bypass. Uh, if it was behind the last parking space, where the road bends, I'm talking about the um, southeast corner of the Wawa building, uh, extended out toward the parking area. Uh, yes. Um, you did prepare a plan that shows that? No, no, I did not prepare a plan, but uh, the signs would serve purpose based on the location that they're proposed today, or on this plan, identify where you enter the building or where you enter the main drive aisle um, and as well as the sign along the bypass that would provide people with um, notification that there's a wall up here. We do not have a road on the, we do not have a driveway on the bypass. I understand, I understand that, but I'm asking you whether you uh, examine the plan and did you in fact engineering-wise uh, rule out any other signage except the two that we discussed would be permissible. Um, the one at the entr main entrance and the one on the south side of the Wawa building. Did you rule out the ability to place any other sign on this property that would not face the face onto the violence? I, I would say I ruled it out based on location would not serve the proper purpose. Okay. That's all I want to do now. Thank you. Now I have one question. Page 33 of its decision, uh, in discussion of the argument, the Zoning Hearing Board said, instead, if the sign is oriented to be visible and legible from the bypass, the sign would face onto the bypass. So with that, assuming that that is a definition of facing onto the bypass, Mr. Corsair, would any of the answers that you gave to Mr. Sanders' question or Mr. Nelson's question be any different? Visible is different. Visible, visible and legible. Visible and legible um, would be different than facing some my opinion, yes. But, all right, but there's a fellow hearing board found that visible, visible and legible, any sign that is visible and legible faces onto the bypass. My question is, if you could see a sign, if you any, are there any other locations
locations that where you could not, where you could put a sign where it would not be visible or legible from the bypass other than the ones that you described. There would be other areas uh, on the site that could, would not be visible or legible from the bypass. So you could drive by without, without any seeing without seeing any identification. You might see a building, you might see the roof of a building, but you couldn't tell what the building was. Correct. That's all.